Hi, this is Big Talk. Michael Glab here, my guest. This week in the studio, Troy Maynard. He is a self-described giant Viking, a foodie, a geeky gamer. He's the father of three and he calls himself a master of none. He's the author of a book called How to Raise Viking Children, Another Tale of Woe. Troy, thanks for being on Big Talk. Thanks for having me, Michael. I have to confess, I like Troy Maynard. He's likable to me in a lot of ways. He's an author. He's a funny man. He's a blatant self-promoter. He takes up a lot of space just like me. I find it like looking into a mirror. So which one of us does that insult? Oh, you're definitely better looking than me. No, no. You think so? Oh, sure. You have a luxurious beard and hair that's like right out of Samson. I do like my hair. I do like my hair. And I'm enjoying my beard a lot. So my, my daughters fight over getting to braid it. No kidding. Do they do that? Oh, yeah. They love it. They love it. And uh, I'm getting uh, some beads. I got beads for Christmas uh, with rune stones, like rune letters carved into them. Uh, yeah, so I'm getting really cool Viking stuff. Wow. That's a side benefit of being looking like a Viking and calling yourself a Viking is people start giving you mead to drink. <laughs> And food, they love feeding me, and I get a lot of uh, just Viking-themed stuff. There's a little piece in your book about eating at a county fair, and I, and I hope to get to it later. I'd like you to read that selection because it's a hoot and a half. Yeah. There's also a, a couple of other things that I want to bring up about this book. It's out there in the world, and speaking of your daughters, this book deals with the daughters, the son the wife, yourself. What is this Viking stuff? A Viking really just came around as, uh, as my hair got longer and my beard started to grow out because I had reached that point in my career where I wasn't too worried about having to do job interviews and that kind of thing. So I uh, just kind of started growing my hair out. And uh, as it got longer, more and more people started saying, just, you look like a Viking. Strangers on the street started just stopping me and saying, Man, you really look like a Viking. So, you know, you go with it. Um, I don't mind. Uh, the, the funny thing is, uh, later I learned, uh, at least according to genealogy.com, which is on the Internet, so clearly it's true. Uh, right? We know that, yes. Right. So according to genealogy.com, I am actually descended through the kings of Scotland and up through Viking royalty, Rollo himself the original Duke of Normandy. We do know that the Vikings uh, spent some time on the British Isles. Yeah, absolutely. They uh, they uh, sort of moved into the neighborhood, <laughs> yeah, as many as they, did. As they do. You can go to theveryvocalviking.com. There's a blog on there, and there's information about the book, and there's a, everything you need to know about one Troy Maynard. You're involved in so much, it was really hard to get you here today. <laughs> I am very overscheduled at this point. We we had about 237 emails. <laughs> at least. Trying to work this out when you could get here. You have your own business. Uh, I thought you were a, a software designer, but you cracked me on the head when I said that, and you <laughs> called yourself a solution architect. What in the world is a solution architect? It, it sounds cool, and it really is the coolest job in the world. I, uh, I work for a big, giant internet software company, uh, so I get to work from home full-time, which is fabulous. 
and what I do is, is simply take the my knowledge of the software that exists and for really large customers I work with them to figure out what they need the system to do and I just make little modifications and connect the pieces that already exist and maybe write a script or two here or there that make kind of automate things and move data around and create an entire kind of environment that does all the things they need and connects everything and that's what we call a solution. You would think after these many decades of business computers and so forth, we would have figured out already how to automatically make the different softwares communicate and work together and just at the right. press of a button do uh, wash the windows. Absolutely, you would think. And, and it certainly has gotten a lot farther. Uh, my job is getting easier and easier uh, because our, our base product does more and more every year. Uh, but you still need a human involved to, you know, figure out the gaps. Um, so I have a, a large team, and uh, we do lots of. I have currently have ten or so projects going. Uh, each has a project team: project manager, technical architects, QA architects. Well, not only that, you're all involved in RPG stuff, role-playing game stuff, yes. sci-fi, fantasy, the whole yes. uh, Gen Con. Gen Con's coming up next week. Next week. And that's every year in Indianapolis. Uh, yeah, and I believe, yeah, they're uh, they're even contracted through for, for a few more years. But yeah, every, every fall in Indianapolis. Not long ago, at one of the Gen Con get-togethers, where does that happen, in Lucas Oil Stadium? Uh, it actually takes up literally every square foot of meeting space in downtown Indianapolis. Oh, really? The entire convention center. Uh-huh. Um, all the meeting space in all the hotels. Wow. And now, as of last year, all of Lucas Oil Stadium. And yeah. several of the hallways in between all those places. And somehow you stand out, for instance, <laughs> a couple of years ago, you emceed a wedding? Oh, yeah. How did yeah. that, what was that all about? Well, I am an ordained minister, Universal it, Life Church. Aha. Uh -huh. And uh, have been performing weddings for friends, co-workers, um, and friends of friends uh, for several years now. That's always been kind of a dream of mine, something I've always wanted to do. And uh, last year was the 50th anniversary year for Gen Con. And uh, I had some friends uh, connected with Gen Con, came up with the idea, and I was the official wedding officiant of Gen Con last year <laughs> via my persona as the very vocal Viking. And uh, it was absolutely a blast, and I'm doing it again this year. How many people last year got married? Last year we did individual ceremonies. Yeah. Just one couple at a time, uh, four per hour. and we oh, It's like an assembly line. It was, it was, it got that way. Yeah. Uh, we got pretty efficient and I think we did probably 20 people total, probably around 10 different couples that way. And then Saturday night, right before the big Gen Con dance, uh, I had a mass vow renewal and I think we had 30 couples at the mass vow renewal ceremony. One day you're going to be like the Reverend Sun Myung yeah. Moon, I believe, <laughs> who is dead now, I is believe. He, yeah. he? I didn't yeah. realize that. But yeah, it, 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 absolutely, it, it had that kind of feel. except it was fun, of course. Yeah. And, uh, and it was whoever, and there's a wonderful video online, actually, if you go to my website or my Facebook page, I've got links up, and uh, that, that's the great thing about Gen Con is there's so much going on. Uh, two different groups, one, one being the Indianapolis Star actually covered the weddings. Right. Made a nice little video and posted it. 
uh, of uh, couples getting married and all the geeky references I make in my geek, you know, geeky vow renewals with, uh, you know, Zelda and uh, Doctor Who and Star Wars, Star Trek, the, the whole bit. Wow. So I had a lot of fun. And the, uh, the vow renewals, they uh, won a, a, a gaming blog out of Australia called Cardboard Vault, I think. Um, I have links, like I said, on my site. But they, they were there. They filmed the, the mass vow renewal, the group renewal, and created this beautiful little, like, three-minute video with uh, all this, this gorgeous, happy, sappy music, love music <laughs> in the background, and all these couples looking at each other. And, they, you know, it's just, it's absolutely beautiful. And it just appeared. I, I didn't, I, you know, they asked permission if they could come and uh, film it. Yeah, and I was like, well, of course, you know, that's that's the kind of guy I am. If you want to come and watch, absolutely. If you want to film it, sure. And they made this beautiful video, so now I keep linking people to it. And here's this video of me marrying all these people and happiness and joy and you know. Do you appear in costume of any sort? Yes, yes, actually, um, for the group video, I did. I wore. Uh, I was wearing my kilt and. Uh, kind of a Viking costume. I have a, I have a, a fur-lined cape and uh, <laughs> big leather bracers with Thor hand-carved in them and, uh, and a big giant uh, shield and sword that are actually made out of foam, but they look real. And, uh, yeah, and had my hair all braided up. And, wow. Uh, yeah, so it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun. And it was, uh, it was a really – I've had a lot of fun with it, uh, especially the group one because I was holding up signs, like cue card signs, and uh, and it was all uh, call and response. <laughs> so I would say a couple of lines, and then I would hold up a big sign that said something, you know, some geeky reference, like inconceivable, you know, and everybody would yell <laughs> inconceivable. And, uh, and it was just, you know, rapid fire, geeky references, but at the same time touching and, you know, dignified about the fact that we you love each other. This is yeah. awesome. Here you are. You're doing it in public. You're doing it in public. You're saying it in public. You're renewing. You're refreshing that connection you guys have. So, And a lot of people, the cool thing about geeky people, a lot of them met at Gen Con. Yes. A lot of them have gone there every year. It's, it's, it's very much a family reunion. I tell my wife all the time. Uh, I go to conventions very often on holiday weekends because that's the cheap dates for yeah. hotels. Yeah. Because everyone else is doing family stuff, and my wife very often says, "How how can you go to Starbase Indy over Thanksgiving weekend?" And I'm like, "Well, it's a family reunion for me. That is my family. You know, wow. I, mean, I feel very connected with that group of people." And speaking of clunking on the head, she doesn't clunk you on the head for going away on Thanksgiving. We we negotiate. Does she ever, your wife, does she ever go to these events? Oh, yeah, she has. Uh, she has. More, more in the past now but than now. But, uh, yeah, she's, she, she's a gamer. She loves all that stuff. Yeah. What about the kids? The kids are, uh, there's an 8-year-old daughter, an 11-year-old adopted son, and a 17-year-old daughter. Are they into this uh, whole world? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, very much. Uh, my son in particular is just... Uh, a geeky little chip off the block. I uh, <laughs> absolutely adore him. He really, truly would rather be in the woods wearing a cloak and elf ears than just about anywhere else. <laughs> so he loves. He loves to run around and dress up, and he's uh, he plays a lot of Dungeons and Dragons with his friends. Uh, he he tries constantly to get his uh, get his family to play D and D with him, and he he's the he's the game master and comes up with the adventures. So you know he's a, he's super geeky and my daughters as well really love the all the you know the marvel universe and the 
of Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. This is almost like a, our family religion. So these youngins really are Viking children. Yeah, they really, really are. And that, the, like I said earlier, the the Viking thing is really kind of uh, just a gimmick that I kind of made up. I mean, it's kind of true, kind of make up. I take it fairly seriously. Like I, I don't worship the Viking gods. <laughs> right, uh, right. I am on several uh, Facebook groups with people who do, and I respect it very much. Actually worship the gods. Actually, truly worship the Norse gods, follow the religions, uh, sacrifices, the whole thing. And, you know, and I respect that. I mean, that's a religion, you know, uh, as I respect any religion. Uh, and I, I think the, the Norse gods are pretty cool. I mean, uh, they, uh, as far as, you know, mythological pantheons or whatever you want to call them, the... Uh, I like that they're very human, you know, they're very fallible, they have uh, weaknesses and foibles, you know, they're, they're not just on a, on a dais, they're up in the sky perfect and looking down on us. From reading your book, I seem to recall that there, re there is sort of a definition of what a Viking child is or could be. A little bit. What, what, what is? It's more implied. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I call it free-range parenting. Ah. And I'm not sure if that's been coined somewhere else, or, but we, we consider it kind of the opposite of helicopter parenting. Yeah. Uh, we intentionally bought some property out at the edge of the county, out in the middle of nowhere. We've got some woods, and we really just let the kids run. Well, what about when they fall? What about when they clunk their Good. head? What Good. about when they scrape their knee? We're thrilled. That's what a, part of childhood. You what about that critter with teeth over there? Well, that we educate them, uh -huh. um, and we teach them. But the the boy has been using a pocket knife since he was eight. Uh, was he a gangster? Seven. What is this? No, I, I... Not at all. He's a okay. Country, he's just a country kid. It's funny that now in 2018 to say we let my son run around in the woods with a pocket knife when he was seven years old. Yeah. That's that's scandalous. Now. Yeah. Yeah. But when, even when I was a kid, that was understood i mean it was not only common it was just understood i grew up out in the country we had pocket knives right and you understood this is a knife and it could put your eye out absolutely. you knew that absolutely and you know and, and accidents happen here and there but you you know we we do the work to try to make sure they know where the line is they've they're educated on the risk and then allow them to you know play within those boundaries. A few years ago, I read an article in a magazine that talked about sort of a, a reaction to the hyper-safety of playgrounds. Yes. Yeah. And in this country, it was a Scandinavian country where there was a movement to make pay playgrounds a little dangerous, yeah. uh, just enough so that you say, kids, that's dangerous. Right. And that alone is enough to teach them how to watch their P's and Q's. Absolutely. There, there is so much science coming out now that, um, you know, there are microbes in dirt that we need yeah. that are important to our immune system uh, that kids aren't getting as much as they should. There are very specific muscles, uh, gr your gross musculature, yeah. that you don't learn or that you don't develop unless you're out there running around and rolling around, dodging and, and you know, tumbling and doing all those things. You just simply don't develop them. And it affects your whole life. Uh, eyesight. Kids are starting to show the effects of not spending enough time outside in their, uh, in their vision 
our eyes are designed to be able to view things up close and view things very, very far away. But if you don't go outside and you're constantly focusing in that near region because, you know, the farthest you can see is 20 feet away to that wall, yeah. your eyes never quite develop that long distance vision. You, it's just like anything. If you're not using those muscles, they don't develop. So, you know, eyesight, microbes, you know, all those things. Uh, kids, you know, I wanted to make sure that my kids are getting those things, that they're getting those experiences, they're getting hurt, they know what to do when they get hurt. You know, we, we say to them, are you bleeding? Are, are you bleeding really bad? Um, you know, do you really need to come get an adult? Or is it something you can brush off? Which sounds harsh, but uh, another side of it also is that another rule in the house with the adults is compassion first, yep. then the lesson. Uh -huh. So if a kid screws up and gets hurt, we don't start with, well, that's what you get. Now, it, it gets there eventually, but we start with, you know, oh man, that I'm that hurt. I can tell that hurt. I, right. That stinks. Come here, give me a hug. You know, guess it, make it better. Do all that, and then once you know, the, the the physical pain is gone, and you know, it started to deal with that. Then we say, okay, now let's talk about what you could have done differently yeah. to maybe have avoided falling down the stairs while carrying an umbrella. Do the kids ever say, "Oh, mom and dad, I hate being a weirdo." Not at all. Not at all. They're not uh, weird. Um, they go to school. They've got lots of friends they play these games with. Uh, when I grew up, uh, playing D&D made me a little bit of an outcast. Uh, well, or being an outcast made me play D&D. Dungeons and Dragons, which has been in existence uh, for decades now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, seven, late 70s. Yeah. So, yeah. So you were, you were of that ilk you're creating a new generation that's Absolutely. of that ilk, and everybody's good with it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very popular now. It's been fun over my lifetime to watch uh, geeky lifestyle and pursuits become mainstream. This book, How to Raise Viking Children and Other Tales of Woe, just in case you have just tuned in, uh, my guest <laughs> this week, Troy Maynard. He's the author of that. I have a favorite passage here, and when I told you about this, you said, hey, wait a minute, I have a favorite passage. So I'm going to ask you, read your favorite passage first. Great. Well, in, in the book, um, a lot of this has been really um, a labor of love. Uh, about nine years ago, realized the kids were growing up really fast. I was having all of these wonderful little interactions with them. They were smart and funny. And I didn't want to lose them forever. And yeah. I wanted to share them with the world. So I started posting them on Facebook. And a lot of people got a big kick out of them. So I posted more, posted more. And people said, hey, I wish I could go back and see some of these. So I actually pulled them all out into a blog. And that's where Very Vocal Viking came from. It's a blog with over a 1,000 of these little posts and interactions and personal essays and things. So, uh, And that's really, this book is really kind of the greatest hits there are five main characters in this book. Yes. The characters are me, which is you. Me. There's the wonderful wife. Yes. There's little Miss Thing, who's the eight-year-old daughter. Correct. There's the danger monkey, who's the 11-year-old son. Right. And then there's simply 
my oldest. My oldest, that's right. My okay. Seventeen-year-old daughter. Now that we know that, read away. Well, uh, and each each of these characters has one chapter dedicated just to them, with just excerpts that I felt like highlighted them and their personalities the best. And this one particular section from Little Miss Things uh, chapter, I think just really kind of sums up the entire parenting existence and the, the parenting experience, especially with very smart, precocious kids. So Little Miss Thing, age six, says, does the jelly go in the fridge or in the cabinet? <laughs> and I respond, does the label say refrigerate after opening? And she responds, reading the label, yes, it does. And I say, well, then follow the instructions. So 20 minutes later, I say, hey, why is the jelly jar in the fridge with the lid off? <laughs> Little Miss Thing responds, the label says to put it in the fridge with the lid off, just like you said. And I say, what now? <laughs> and she says, pointing to the label, see, it says refrigerate after opening. And I say, you know, you're totally right. <laughs> Instead of yelling at her. Well, no, she was right. She was right. She was absolutely right. She read it very literally, and that's just how you have to roll. Yeah, you got to let them be right. And, that, and people love those stories the best, I've learned. Uh, on Facebook and, and then the small following I have uh, on Facebook and people that respond, they really respond the most. They love when the kids get one over on me, which which is no problem supplying those. There's plenty, plenty of those. And there's lessons galore, not only for the kid, but guess what? For you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that youngin, she's eight now. She was six when that anecdote occurred, the true to life anecdote. I think she's got lawyer in her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All, all, absolutely she does. Yeah, we, we joke about that, yeah. There's a, a passage where you're at a county fair. <laughs> yes. And you're walking past a booth. And by the way, it's county fair season. Yep. Of course, Bloomington and Monroe County had the county fair about two weeks ago. Uh, for some odd reason, it was set earlier in the summer. Right now, the Jackson County Fair going on. They're, they're all over the place, the county fairs. State fair going to come up. So this is quite timely. You were at a county fair, and I'm going to hand you this sheet. Okay. Uh, I wonder if you might read this little passage, which I just love. At the county fair, walking past a booth, booth lady says, you are wonderful. And I respond, um, okay. And the booth lady continues, I've seen how much food you're buying and only buying from the local charity booths. And I say, well, yeah, I try to support the local stuff. It's a great way to help out and I get to eat lots of fun food. And she says, so who, who all are you buying this food for? <laughs> Your family or are you here with a big group? <laughs> And I say, well, actually, uh, mostly just me. <laughs> and she says, whoa, you ate all that food? <laughs> and I said, well, no, not all of it. I mean, I shared. And she kind of stared at me. And then I said, well, I mean, I did eat most of it. <laughs> and there was another long pause. And then she said, well, the charities sure appreciate you. <laughs> and I... And I Responded the only way you really can, and that, that was, I, I like to help out. <laughs> Among all the things you do, Troy, 
You're a columnist for Limestone Post. What's the name of that column? Uh, it's called My Dad Voice. Jeez, I wonder what your dad voice is. Right? Yeah, it's it's it can be scary. <laughs> I have to, I have to uh, caution myself. I have to catch myself uh, sometimes uh, yelling at my kids in public. Oh, uh, I've I've yelled "sit down" loudly, and, and several <laughs> several people who weren't my kids turned around and looked like, "Should I sit?" Uh, so I have to I have to I can boom. I can I'm, I'm like a PA system. You do things for the community. Absolutely, absolutely, of course. Near and dear to my heart is uh, Community Kitchen of Monroe County, right here in Bloomington. Uh, I grew up as a free lunch kid and uh, certainly see food issues still affecting me. Uh, You know, you don't really grow out of that. And so food insecurity is very important to me that we address that. And Community Kitchen does such a beautiful job. Uh, So impressed with uh, Vicki Pierce and, and all those folks there. They make so much happen with so little, and they do it so easily, and make it look easy, and it's just it's been all for all the right reasons, and I just absolutely love it. So I joined the board, wow. uh, and I'm and I'm thrilled they they allowed me to join. I'm I'm glad they they'll have me, and I'm trying to do what I can to uh, to further the mission of, and 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 you know I, I love feeding people. I, I, feeding people is is life to me. It, yeah. it's just. It, it you know it is life i mean you know you have to eat and right. there are people out there that just don't you know for whatever reason so there's a big event coming up that you're working on absolutely uh this sunday in fact uh july 29th is uh chef's challenge our big promotional um fundraiser of the year it's a iron chef kind of competition yep uh with three local chefs that were chosen by the public uh will come in uh, at the bus kirk and uh, make food uh, with a secret ingredient that's announced at the last minute. You can even bid on uh, what we're calling bistro seating, where you are not in the audience, you are at tables, wow. literally up on the stage between the chefs, and you actually get to eat the food as they make it. He's Troy Maynard. He's the author of this book. I'm holding it in my hand, How to Raise Viking Children and Other Tales of Woe. It's a hoot. It's a riot as far as I'm concerned. It's one of my bathroom books. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I get some of the greatest compliments on this book. The one compliment that I appreciate the most, and I've gotten several, are people saying, I loved this book about parenting. I bought another copy and gave it to my mom. And, and every time, that just floors me. When the book came out, the kids, the, the two littlest ones, uh, hadn't read a lot of it on the blog. They don't get on the blog. But I gave them each a copy of the book as soon as my copies came in and signed it to them and you know, did the whole, you know, you're the reason why and yeah. all that mushy stuff. And then I kind of sat back and was biting my nails and like, oh, you know, they loved it. They loved it. No kidding. They all just sat there and read the longest six minutes of my life. <laughs> and then started laughing. And I'll bet you were afraid they were going to have to go through years, even decades, of psychotherapy and all this. Well, I'm sure that's going to happen. Well, of course, but, yeah. But the book, yeah, the book will come up, but it won't be the primary focus. He's Troy Maynard. Thanks so much for being on Big Talk. Uh, I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me, Michael.